Welcome to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Spooniebarger at First Baptist Church, Gulf Breeze, located in the heart of Gulf Breeze, Florida. I am Jeff Spooniebarger's son. Um, if you don't know, if you're a guest, uh, that's the senior pastor, and I will be speaking today um, at this wonderful youth service. So, how was, how, how were they? Were they good? Yeah? Yeah? Good. Well, um, just a reminder, the kids will be standing here today, um, since they will be the next generation to do this. We used to be them. We used to be little David Allen, and then we're up here, you know speaking and lean worship. So, um, yeah, they'll be standing here. That'll be fun. Okay. Last time I dropped my papers, so let's not do that this time. Okay, so uh, if you saw, um, the sermon title is When God Gives You the Silent Treatment. Um, I know a lot of you, I don't know all your stories, but I know, I, I know a great majority of y'all uh, and I know a lot of y'all, especially the teenagers, are going off to do greater things. They don't necessarily know what they're going to be doing, but they're going to be going off into the world. And um, part of that is, you know, asking God, hey God, what do you want me to do? What do you have in store for me to do to further impact the kingdom for your greater good? And so... Um, I've just been struggling with that, or I guess wrestling with that, um, which I know a lot of uh, other youth have too. So um, God just gave me this title, and I'll I'll explain that later. But it was just so cool. And um, so jump right into it. Why not? Um, So if you've got your Bibles or your Bible app, turn to Daniel chapter 10. Now, y'all know who Daniel is, really cool guy. Um, he, he had this gift. He, his spiritual gifts were dreams and visions. I'm not sure about you, but that's awesome. Being able to see God speaking through dreams and visions, it's awesome. He also had the gift of interpreting these, which, um, is one of the main reasons why, um, he was such high up in, um, the kingdom. He was the second in command over Babylon at the time. So, right here, um, we got Daniel. So, Daniel, he had just been given this vision. So, in chapter 10, it reads, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, also known as Belshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. A vision. At the time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Now, most of y'all know me, I guess. But something very particular about me is I like meat. Mm Mm-hmm. I like me a big old juicy steak. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, greens and vegetables take up space that meat should be. So, 
To me, fasting from meat, not having meat, I don't really have the problem with the wine. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I was going to try it in the First Baptist, but I wasn't sure how I was going to go. So, thank you. Um, but yeah, so three weeks he fasted. No lotions. I'm not a big lotion guy, but you know. Um, so, in verse 4, it goes on to read, On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen, with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite. His face was like lightning. His eyes were flaming torches. His arms and legs were the gleam of burnished bronze. And his voice like the sound of multitude. So here we have this, this guy, Daniel. He's higher up. And he has dreams and visions. He's really cool. So he's on the Tigris, as it read. And an angel of the Lord comes and speaks to him. Wouldn't that be so cool to have an angel just come right here, right here? Standing tall. The description has gold. His body was like chrysolite. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but that's probably awesome. <laughs> that is probably amazing. Lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. So like the bonfire at the camp's house was in his eyes. Wow. Who would like to see that? Of course, that'd be scary. But let's see what happens to Daniel. Verse 7, if you're following along. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it. But such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. 8. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep my face to the ground. So, as here, I, I imagine, you know, he's, he's on the riverbank of the Tigris, you know, just standing there. All of a sudden, there we go. Just boom, face down on the ground. Deep sleep. Just, just, I don't know, just, it's crazy. But, it gets better. Number 10. I handed, no, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. So he's on the ground, Touched some. It's like powers restored to him, I guess. He's on his hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you are a highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. So let's dissect that a little. So he says, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. So he recognizes his position. And he says, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you. So this angel of the Lord warns Daniel before he says it. So, I mean, that, that inclines the reader to say, well, that's going to be something crazy, which it is pretty crazy. So, verse 12, this word gets good. It's good. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding, praying, and to humble yourself before, the, before your God, your words were heard. Can I tell you that when you pray, you are heard by God? You are heard 
by God. You are heard by the God above all gods, above all little g's. Now, I, I, I think the point of the story is we necessarily don't see it, which is what I'm going to touch on. So, verse 13, But the prince of Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days, three weeks. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So this angel is coming down to help Daniel in his time of need, and his needing for understanding. And he is caught in a spiritual battle, in spiritual warfare. How awesome is that? I mean, it's, it's not good, but it's also awesome. God is fighting for us. He was fighting against the demons to get to Daniel. I just, that's awesome. But it makes us wonder, what exactly was Daniel thinking? God, why are you not answering me? I need understanding. This vision, I want to know what it is. I need to know what it is. And yet, as he's fasting, three weeks goes by. It does not say that he heard anything. He was still faithful. Are we still faithful after three weeks, or after a month, or after a year, or after two years, or after three years? Are we faithful like Daniel? It's just... He had faith through those times. And at the very beginning, he still heard them. There's angels fighting on our behalf in the heavens. We, we may not see them. But as Mr. Brent says, we are fighting a spiritual warfare around here. And how do we fight? There's a song, This is How I Fight My Battles. Y'all know it? Yes? Have y'all heard it? This is how we fight our battles. We pray. We worship. So, so I was saying, Did he think it was him? Did he think that me, I did something wrong? Daniel, I, it's it's me. I'm the one. Because I did something, God hasn't come. No, no, it's it's me. Not 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 you, not you, God. It's me. It I did something. It's my problem. Guys, that is exactly what we do. That is an exact representation of what we do. We go. God, I'm waiting for this, but what did I do? What am I doing wrong? Let me tell you something. God has his plan. Regardless of what you do, he will get his plan through. You may think it's you, but he has his perfect timing. His perfect timing exceeds whatever timing we think it is. So if you're waiting for weeks and months, or just days or hours. He's hearing you. Even when you feel like you are getting the silent treatment. I know for some of y'all, y'all feel like you're getting the silent treatment. Some of y'all, you're waiting for, I'm not sure what you wait for, but maybe your kids are just not speaking to you. You're praying, God, come on. I, I want a relationship, but I can't. 
God, why don't you speak to me? Or for our youth, as this is our mainly youth section, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with my life? God, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hear. Come on. I'm, I, it's getting to go time. I mean, I know there's people, they're asking this question. They're dying to know. But God has his timing. He will come through. So this brings me to um, something really cool that we speak about in youth group. And it's one question. Is God good? Is he good? Do y'all believe that God is good? Yes. Yes, 100%. Daniel must have believed that God was good. That God is good. If he did not believe that God is good, he would not have been fasting. He would not have been pursuing in faith, believing that this was going to happen, that he would have revelation, that he would be able to learn what was given to him. So if you don't know that God is good, how can A good God keeps his promises. You can take that to the bank. It's right up here. That, that's a serious question you have to ask. But with that, if God is good, then why do we fear the outcome? Why do we fear what's going to happen? Do we fear? Does everybody fear? Yes. We have fears. Do we have anxiety? When that check engine light comes on, anxiety? Yes? Trust me, I know. God's got this. He is good. He has promises. As I said, it might not you know, happen in your time frame. God, you got 13 minutes before I'm on. But patience. Patience is a virtue. Um, so um, if you don't if y'all don't know, I am aspiring to become an Air Force pilot, go through the Air Force Academy, you know, get my four years, and then go fly. I want to fly. I want to fly. I've been asking God, God, is that what you want me to do? Because I know I want to do it. I want to do it. I, trust me, I want to do it. I want to fly planes. How cool would that be? But I'm asking, God, is that what you want me to do? Is that what you have in store for me to impact your kingdom. I don't know, but after first Baptist, I was thinking I might have another option on the table. After this, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. But, um, I mean, and that's where my mom started crying. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, when God gives you the silent treatment with subtitle of God in the Waiting, there's a really cool story of how I got that title. So, a little backstory. Um, about over a year ago, in January 2019, my dad asked me, he goes, Josh, I want you to preach one Sunday uh, in Story Point and First Baptist. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. 
yeah, no, no. You can have Mr. Bob or some somebody preach that or Kevin or Brent or something. Nope, I ain't doing it, no. So I went a year, wrestled with that all year. Mr. Brent has been wanting me to speak at the waterfront. I'm like, mm, yeah, sure, we'll try it. Which I'm in for March. We're good. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> where I'm getting to this. So, December, early December, my dad goes, Josh, we're going to have a youth love service. The youth band's going to be playing. I want you to preach. I go, okay, dad. Okay. I'll do it. My yes was on the table. Do you remember Larry Reeser? Barefoot Sunday, a little while ago, saga. Well, Larry Reeser, really good friend of ours, and um, he preached a message, and it was, is your guess on the table? So basically, whatever God calls you to do, regardless of what it is, if you're going to Africa or Indonesia on a mission trip to live in the slums, to preach his message, is your yes on the table, regardless of what he says. Yes. Yes. I'm not going to take a sermon, but that was there on the table for me. So I found that out. So, you know, it's crazy. You know, you, you got to get ready for sermons and all. Got to get ready. So I was running. I know, fun. Running with one of my good friends, um, and... We were going easy miles, like five miles, something like that. So, been with them all day, and mm, my family can attest to this, my people I hang around with a lot. Um, I have this particular, um, I wouldn't call it a gift, but I have this particular thing that I can be extremely annoying. <laughs> Sarah can attest to this. I can get an amen from her now. Now, whenever I get in this mood, it is hard to get out. I make very punny jokes. It's terrible. I am nonstop blabbering, like right now, and it's just annoying. So, I'm trying to get, you know, get away from that. So, I'm running with this person, you know, great, it's nice and fun, like 50 degrees outside, not important though. So, we're running, and all of a sudden, God just gave me a spirit of, you know, silence. So, for four miles, I said nothing to this person. No, it, it's going to come around. Don't worry, don't worry. So, we're running. Probably not a minute after I stopped talking, this person goes, You okay, Josh? Mm, you good? That's not like you. Nope, that's out of your character. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's like, okay, okay. And about two minutes later, you sure you good? You good? No. Didn't, didn't say a word? Okay. And by this time, I was like, God, what are you trying to show me through this? God, what are you showing me? Because I know I didn't just go silent on my own. Mm-mm. I don't like going silent. You know, that's out of my character. So I knew this was from God, so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll see where this takes me. So we go, we got about a mile left, and all through 
this time that I was not speaking, this person was asking, Josh, what, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? Did I hurt your feelings? Did I make you mad? You know, what happened? This is not like you. And at that moment, God's like, there it is, right there. That's her sermon title. Actually, no, that didn't make sense. No. But he's like, God in the waiting. In that example, I would be God, and the other person would be us. We're running alongside God, trying to run the race. And in times we're like, hey, God, what, what's up? Um, I got this situation, you know, and I'm not hearing from you. And God's like, he, he, he's giving you the silent treatment. When I finally did speak, I asked that person, why was that so weird for me not to speak? You can take shots. Go ahead. No? Nobody? Nobody? No. It was out of my character. My character was talking very loud, you know, just outgoing. But that was out of my character. Also, when I eventually did talk, that made what I said much more important. If I would have been speaking, speaking, blabbering on, that makes it, it's just another word. That's what God is. It is out of his character for him just to be speaking, you know, nagging you, like, mm, come on, come on, come on, come on. No. He lets you wait. He lets you savor the moments. Because if you wait for something, you enjoy it much more. Just like, Young adults, kids, if you pay for something as opposed to your parents, you take much better care of it. Is that not true? You're waiting for the response. Sometimes you're not ready, though. You're just not ready. If you're not at the point in your life that's at God's timing, I mean... I guess you just got to keep on waiting. Sometimes you just can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> you knew that was coming. So, um, another thing Mr. Brent, he speaks about, it's good. It was like two weeks ago, you know, it was really good. He goes, okay, you have two ears and one mouth. Cool. Okay. Okay. He goes, no, you have two ears and one mouth. That means you should only be talking a third of the time and you should be listening the other two thirds. Now, I'm not a math genius, but I guess that adds up. <laughs> and God was like, whack. Joshua, that's exactly what you need to do. See, I had been always talking instead of listening. And that's exactly what we do. 
when we're praying, we're asking God for these things and we don't stop to listen. This is rhetorical. How much percentage-wise would you say that you actually would listen as opposed to talk when you're praying? That was a low percentage for me. No. No, it was a high percentage. The, the listening was low percentage. Sorry. Oh, dang it. You got to listen. If you're waiting on God, if you're waiting, if he's giving you the silent treatment or what it perceives to be the silent treatment, you have to be listening in order to hear what he has to say. Because if you're always talking, if you talk all the time, how can you hear? So if you're always praying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? God, this, 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 that, and you don't take time to be still and listen and know that he is God, how will you find your answer? So, um, I figured, or I, it's just brought to my mind, um, the story of Abram and Sarah. Y'all know the story, I assume. So, if you would, turn your Bibles to Genesis 15. Or your iPhones, either one. See, in First Baptist, it was, you know, you could hear all this uh, pages turning, and it was like, ooh, that's pretty cool. Pretty good in here, though, yeah. Y'all doing good? You with me? You with me? Good, good. Okay. So, I mean, who likes waiting? No one. No. Some exceptions over here. Nobody likes waiting. Why do you think we have same-day delivery? <laughs> Why do we have drones flying packages to your front door in 30 minutes? Why do we have Chick-fil-A that takes 0.02 seconds to get your food? Amen. Now that is a blessing from above. We do not like waiting. We are impatient creatures. I would argue that society has partially made us that, but their story. Also, I mean, I figured I'd throw it in. Super Bowl. Who wants to wait for the Super Bowl? We just want 5 o'clock to be right here. Come on. We want those wings. We want the Chiefs to destroy the 49ers, if you know what I mean. We don't like waiting. So whenever we're waiting, we try to speed up God's plan. We try to, mm, okay, God, right, I'm, I'm going to get you here. I'm going to get you. I'm going to give you a little boost. No, that does not work. Who can attest to say that they tried to speed up God's plan and it went horribly wrong and backfired like no business. Raise your hand. You can raise your hand. Yeah, that's a lot of hands. And we still do it. That's a crazy thing. It, it gave me just, I, I was thinking, I was looking at my dogs the other night. And I have this really awesome dog. It's a beagle named Brandy. Yeah. I also have this dog named Honey. It's a black lab. Whenever you go outside, these dogs come up, they jump on you, they just want to be pet, they just want love. They 
or just, I love you. I want you. I want you to notice me. I want you to hear me. I want you to think about me. I am your favorite dog. So whenever I'll be sitting, I'll go like this. The black lab, she will stick her head through my arm and keep on coming until my arm's like this. <laughs> we're like that with God. We're like, we're, we're like the black lab. We're like, mm, give me that arm, God. Come on, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get right here. You're going to notice me. You're going to love me. You are going to answer me. You will pay attention to me. I'm not hating on dogs. Guys, don't be dogs in that sense. Okay, so Genesis 15. Um, so, a little backstory. Um, Abram and Sarah, um, in a few verses prior, they had been promised that they were going to be numerous as the stars. Their offspring would be numerous as the stars. But they were old. They were up there. And as you know, as you're up there, it's a little more difficult. So, let's just start. Verse 15. <laughs> After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. More visions, really cool. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am very, no. You, your very great reward. But Abram said, O oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Now, in this time, you must understand that your heir, your firstborn son, they carried on your name. They got your inheritance. So this was very important. It's, I guess, faded away from that um, these days, bless you. But... But it was very important. So, that covenant, this covenant, verse 4, Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. So this is, in my mind, it's God like gone. I made those, I know, but you really think you can count them? Y'all ever been outside and tried counting the stars? You lose track at number 132? Yeah. But God's like, slow. I find it like a little snarky, like, yeah, I did that. Mm -hmm. So God promised this to Abram and Sarah. Go to verse six, or chapter 16. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. But she said, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, and 
Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He and Hagar hung out, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, (laughs) she began (laughs) to despise her mistress. Then Sarah said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my servant in your arms, and now she knows she is pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. God had already told Abram that he would be numerous as the stars twice. Two covenants already. Yet still, he tries to speed up God's plan. He thought he was getting too old. He thought, God, if you ain't done nothing right now, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you would have thought in his old age, he would be wise enough to know that. But we're just like, oh, we got this. We can outsmart God. We don't necessarily think that. But that, that seems, that, that's what we portray, portray. So sometimes we just need a reminder. We're impatient people. <clears throat> So, as we go on to verse 7. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that is besides, beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress Sarah, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be numerous to count. Be too numerous to count. You know what the takeaway from this should be? Even when you try to play God and try to speed up his timing, God still comes for you. God sent his angel to go after Hagar in the desert and bring her back. And you hear the covenant that was just made? Back in verse 10, the angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. So I guess in a way she was blessed too. It all happened because Sarah and Abram didn't listen. So, eventually, they had a, uh, Sarah and Abram had Isaac, around 100 years old. Anybody want to sign up for a toddler at 100 years old? <laughs> Mr. Shell. <laughs> Trooper. 100 years old. Could you imagine? Now, if you're 25, that's different. I mean, y'all are amazing. We thank you. Because you, little side note, but you are the reason we can come up and do this. Because you have grown us from little children. Little Davids. Little Wesleys. Thank you. So even when Sarah and Abram tried to go their way, God still got his way. He 
he still accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. And now we are all descendants of Abram. There's a lot of us. I'm pretty sure that uh, that covenant is being fulfilled currently. So, how can we apply this to our lives? God in the waiting. What do we do? How do we How do we help when he gives us a silent treatment? Number 1. Praying. Guys, there is power in prayer. We have seen it. We have seen the power in prayer. And if you haven't, you should. That's how we fight our battles against demons, against principalities. That is how we fight our battles. Praying. It shows our faithfulness. It shows that we are faithful, that we trust God. We trust that God is good. We trust that God is who he says he is because he has given us a covenant that he will not harm us, that he will prosper us. We must trust and have faith that he is good. Number two, reading scripture. There's some good stuff in this book. Might just be a, to some people, a, a, a lot of words and a soft back covering that just, it's okay. I'm going to read verse tonight, but no. God has demonstrated himself, who he is, who Jesus is, who we are supposed to be through his word. So if we're not in his word, how will we be like Jesus? Amen? I mean, how, how can you possibly be like Jesus if you don't know who Jesus was, which is stated? Worship. What we did, great. It's great. Music worship, awesome. But worshiping, not just through music. Now, worship can be through prayer, through reading, through, well, singing, but truly worshiping, sitting down, just worshiping your God, your Abba, your Father, Adonai, Master of all. Number four, looking back at what God has done in your life will show you that he will do what he says. Now, I, I assume that y'all have been able to see God move through your life. Is that right? You've been able to see him maneuvering through your everyday life as a kid weaving into your life, into your family, into your job. Guys, seeing what he has already done, knowing that he has kept his promises to prosper you. Might not be, oh, money, all, all that. He has his own ways of prospering us. Number five, remembering the promises. Once again, there's a lot of promises in here. There's a lot of covenants. A lot of them have been fulfilled, but there are still some to be fulfilled yet. And until then, we have promises. God has promised us 
do you go and look at those promises? Do you know what those promises are, those covenants? Because you can sleep easy at night knowing that God is God. That he will not break his promises. Why would you fear? Why would you have anxiety? Why would you worry about anything if you knew that God's got this? I wrote on the top of my paper, God's got this. This sermon, it's not me. It's not me. It's God. We get so caught up in me, 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 I, I, and we forget God. We say, oh, well, I can't do this. You're right, you can't, but God can. You are just a delivery truck driver. I'm a delivery truck driver. It's my new job. God's going to speak to you, but he's going to use a messenger. Being one of those messengers is really cool, guys. Do you want to be a messenger? Do you want to be a delivery truck driver? That'd be fun. And along the way, you get to see some really cool things. Remember his promises. So, as um, Sarah comes up, we will have a time of his reflection and altar will be open. She's going to pray. Play. I'm going to pray. Guys, be asking what God is going to do in your life. What? Ask him to reveal that. But also be listening. Be listening. Have the ears to listen. Because, as I stated, if you don't listen, what's the point? You must be able to hear God. If you feel led to come up here to the altar, this is the trash dump. It's a dump. Dump your trash right here. It's not right here. It's in your seat. It's not right there. It's in the back. It's not right there. It's at the cross. Guys, I want you to come here this Sunday and be one way and be changed. Be different when you leave. Guys, we come here so many times. I see it even as a young youth. We come here and we're like, oh, yay, church, yeah, good. Got my 45 minutes in. We're good for the week. But if you're not doing anything with that, if you're not praying, if you're not worshiping, if you're not doing all five of the things, how are you going to grow in your faith? How are you going to know God's voice when you're listening, when you're crying out to God? How are you going to know that? How are you going to be in passionate pursuit of Christ? we like to say so Sarah's going to sing you can dance, kneel fall flat on the ground like whatever dear Lord Abba God I thank you for this time that you've given us God I thank you for what you've allowed to happen today, God, with letting the youth come and lead your people. 
God, it is not about the youth, though. God, it is about you. I pray that it would be about you. We would not be caught up in titles. God, we would not be caught up in who's speaking. God, I pray that you would touch these people's hearts in a way that only you can do. God, that they would be changed. They would come here one way and they'd leave another. Abba, I pray that they would know you. God, I pray that they would have eyes to see their friends, their family, their co-workers, their schoolmates, the way that you see them, God. I pray that we would have ears to hear the way that you hear. God, I pray that we would have a heart that hurts, that longs for you. God, that we would not be able to go to sleep. God, that you would have us wrestle until we know who you are, your promises, God. God, we want to know you. There's people in this room that are hurt. God, they're asking, why are you not speaking? I am praying. God, I pray that you would open their ears. God, that they would listen. God, that they would take this into consideration. God, I pray as we just have this time of invitation. God, that if there's anybody that has not received Jesus Christ, God, that they would just they would just be overwhelmed, God. God, that they would just come and believe in you, God. God, I pray that all fear, all anxiety be gone in the name of Jesus over this week, God. There's people that are wrestling with stuff, God. They would be gone in the name of Jesus. God, I pray as we sing this song, we would just know that you are Abba. You are our Father. Thank you, God, for this wonderful day.